A national state of emergency is in effect in New Zealand where Cyclone Gabrielle continues to wreak havoc to the country's North Island. Lydia Lewis reports from Auckland. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has called this extreme weather event the biggest in recent times. It comes hot on the heels of serious flooding in Auckland. Today alone, a repair crew had to abandon a vehicle in rising floodwaters in Auckland's west as wild winds lash the North Island. One volunteer firefighter has been rescued from a landslide and is in hospital, and a second remains missing. Hundreds of people in Auckland were already suffering from last month's severe weather event before this one. Energy Minister Megan Woods estimates there to be around 225,000 people without power across the country. She says this is the largest disruption to the electricity network since Cyclone Bola. Around 50 Tongan RSC workers who were trapped by raging floodwaters on rooftops in Hawke's Bay for hours ended up stranded on a hill with their rescuers. Lydia Lewis interviewed Tongan RSC worker liaison for Hawke's Bay, Tevita Lata, who spoke with the boys before their batteries ran out. He says they were cold and hungry but resilient after the impacts of the Tonga volcanic disaster. They, they are all from Tonga, uh, around 50 uh, of them. The yeah, there were four groups, two groups from Hapai, and one group from Tongatapu, and one from the last one from Baba. The ladies I got from the employer, Mr. Ibo, and the civil defense, that the um, the police and the rescue team are trying to use rescue boat plus the helicopter because of the the nature of the of the water, the current is so strong. They are trying their best to evacuate all the residents around that area, including our Tongan police. What and is they the are area? Try- they said Omaranui area. Um, that's the name of the road. That area is uh, already confirmed to be evacuated as soon as possible. So this is the situation now. But uh, uh, this information was given to me at 3 o'clock. So this is my my latest. So now is and I wish to to get some more update from the uh, rescue team, from the civil defense and the police. How old are these men and boys? Yeah, the, I think the youngest around um, twenty to forty eight or fifty. There have been natural disasters in Tonga. In the past, were any of them prepared for a situation like this? It's pretty hard to to prepare for a situation, but tell me about how prepared they were and how they acted. Yeah, because uh, they are mostly from from the island and they know how to swim and they know how to survive. They are uh, for me. They are the they are the survivors. You know. when I when I keep encouraging them and advise them because um, in the morning, yeah, and the and the and the team leaders um, um so good working closely with the boys to to make sure they are safe. So uh, from the latest report from the civil defense at three o'clock, they said they are all safe, and they are trying to rescue them as soon as possible. Uh, some of our of our other uh, re- uh uh, RSE workers and some other uh, local Tongans, they want to go there and rescue and, and help. But because of the, of the system of security and safety, the police 
and the um, uh, they, they 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 are they are blocking the and they are closing most of the of the like the high the, the motorway and some main road to uh, to make sure everyone will be safe while they are trying to rescue those guys. And how did they sound? What were they saying to you? Is anybody cold, hungry? And Mr. Apple, their employer, how have they responded to this situation? Yeah, and I know that uh, Mr. Apple is working so hard with uh, with uh, civil defence to rescue um, these boys, and yeah, with the for and bring them to the evacuation centre. So I'm waiting for for uh, for some update to make sure that they are all rescued, and then I will go and meet with them. There is anger and frustration from a Tongan community leader, meanwhile, in Auckland, who's been watching on in angst while he desperately tried to get emergency services to get the boys out. Pakula Manasi Lua says the whole situation was a life-or-death situation. He told Lydia Lewis it's been horrendous to watch it unfold on social media. The incident happened at 6 o'clock, though the boys noticed the water starting to flood, and they contacted... um, him and he contacted civil defence, and the civil defence were there apparently in, in a boat, but the water rose so quickly that the currents were too strong for them to apparently get to the boys. So they've been stuck there. They haven't been rescued, but they were safe. How long have the boys been on the roof? Well, since um, probably 9 or 10 a.m., so they've been on there for, for quite a few hours now, and the fear will be... Um, you know, hypothermia and uh, exposure to the wind, rain, cold, you know, that's going to be a, a real concern. And, you know, a lot of the coverage I see is they've, they've mentioned nothing about the boys. And uh, the concern is that the efforts are going to other, you know, and fair enough, you know, there are other probably other people who are stranded, but they've got to also make sure that we're looking after everybody. I've heard that there are also other RSC workers from Tuvalu who are also stranded, similar to the boys. What is your message to the government? Totally understand that they're under stress and they're doing their best, but um, the urgency here is we don't want any fatalities and they should pull all resources. How about getting some helicopters if they can to lift them out of there, um, if the resources are available and it's safe? Um, you know, But this, this could turn fatal if, if it's not sorted out quickly. The boys have been um, you know, exposed to the elements now for more than four hours now since the morning uh, and it's heading into night so the concern is to try and rescue them now um, before something further might happen if the weather doesn't improve do the boys have any emergency supplies raincoats anything the um Peter told them to try and warm clothing some of them had warm clothing but uh, most of them just clambered up on the roof and um you know they have what they have on and whatever clothes they could Take. understand some of the boys um, uh, who were a bit more accustomed to this from Hapai had uh, the good sense to put some warm clothes in a plastic bag and took it up. So some of them are prepared, most of them aren't. How concerning has it been watching this all unfold? Yeah, very distressing because, um, you know, I assumed that when um, I was told they were safe, my assumption was immediately that they were rescued, but actually they're not. They're, um, they're just safe, but on the roof. So they haven't actually been rescued yet. Are they safe on the roof when there is water that has been described as a torrent around them? Yeah, exactly. That's not safe at all. But that, that's the advice I was given. And um, I'm quite frustrated that um, we were not given more information because I don't know for what, whatever reason 
um, there's no information coming back officially from those channels around the true extent of the situation. But we're getting it piecemeal, and I had to try and find a contact, and I finally found one from uh, a source who's there, Tevita Niu, who's um, one of the um, p- people who are looking after these workers. Yeah, and, and it's urgent. I think that's what I want to get across is that um, they need to be taken off those roofs immediately or as soon as possible. And still in Auckland, Sir Michael Jones has been helping out on the front line at Trust Arena. He says he too has been gutted to hear the news of what the boys from Tonga have been going through. But devastated to hear that and uh, really learned, um, you know, not only for their own immediate safety, but how challenging it is for them, given their family, you know, over back home in Tonga and having to, to hear uh, and try and, and keep up there hearts go out to both, uh, you know, to, to everyone that's, in get, you know, connected to this really sad set, set of events. Um, it, it can get sorted really quickly in terms of, you know, you know, just, just uh, evacuating from that precarious situation and then giving families back in Tonga. And sadly, you and I met through another massive disaster. I mean, these workers actually, I know, have been impacted by the eruption and then now to come to this. Is this really traumatising? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a double blow. Um, yeah, many of these workers are connected in, in so many ways to what happened in, uh, in the Hongo Hapai uh, eruption. So now, you know, and this and the plight they are in, it's just, yeah, it's a tough, it's a, it's a um, so, yeah, again, we're just hoping and praying for the best possible for them and, mm. and, and at least in this, um, and, and they can, um, again, just can be reassured mm. that all is okay and, and that's really key right now. In Auckland as well, many people badly, badly impacted. Can you please explain for our listeners in the Pacific region what, um, how Aucklanders have been impacted um, the last month and then also again now? Yeah, it's been an absolutely crazy few weeks. I mean, two weeks ago, obviously, the, you know, that 100-year event flood um, just caused havoc and, and destruction in, in our city, certain pockets, obviously, more so than others, and definitely out here in West Auckland. Um, you know, many were displaced and, and many lost not only homes but all their belongings and loss of life, which is, you know, just, just uh, you know, it's unbelievable to think that um, in our city this, this could have happened. And we've just been really busy on, I suppose, the front line end with um, the evacuators that were that were stood up really quickly and then the communities that mobilised to link arms with the, you know, agencies, the government, the local government, every single social and health and, you know, whānau ora organisation in between. Um, so yeah, the impact in terms of that flood, um, we were sort of still reeling and that was going to be a marathon and not a sprint in terms of the re- recovery. Um, and then to be hit with cyclone in the last few days is just a duplicate and um, I suppose at another level of um, pain I suppose because again there's people who have um, you know been displaced 
um, people who are, are finally fed and people who are still making their way into evacuation centres like the one we have here at the Trust Stadium. So, Is there a lot of alofa going around at the moment? Oh, yeah, there's the manaki and the alofa, the aroha. There's just not, not only from the, the, the community that's rallied around to mobilise, probably put their own lives at risk in some respects because a lot of them were here late to last night and some slept the night um, and so were far away from their own families um, on probably one of the wildest nights in, in, in Auckland's you know, uh, history and sort of in, in at least the most recent history. Um, but they just wanted to make sure that there were people here where people came in uh, to Manaki and, and Afi, you know, to serve them make a tea, make a hot chocolate, have some food um, and just some a warm bed in an environment where they felt safe and secure um, and, and they had all the services sitting right there. RNZ Pacific understands as of 6pm on Tuesday the RSC workers had been airlifted from the area. For the latest on this and other weather-related stories, please check our website rnz.co.nz.